Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wake Before the Day the podcast. Um, on Monday, we had the privilege of having uh, Mrs. Jody Grass join us in the studio, and she is with us today as well, and Friday as we unpack at Genesis, um, today Genesis 18. So, so so glad to be here. Yes. Thanks for having me back. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Jody, um, kind of recapping, what do we remember from just the previous chapters of Genesis? Um, well, are you talking about going all the way back to the creation or just this last few yeah, just, chapters? Yeah, just the last few. What do you, yeah. what do you remember here? So um, God has called Abraham to leave his country. Abraham's about 75 at that time. Um, he follows God's call, but he kind of has some bumps along the way yes, and makes some mistakes. And then he um, is reminded a couple times by God all the way to the covenant in 17 of the promise that God is going to give him um, a child and a great nation will come from him. Um, we have some taking uh, things into our own hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a little bit of Abraham's um, passiveness in the way that he deals with some of that um, sin that they encounter. And then we get to, in chapter 17, the covenant, where God actually makes the covenant with himself. Yes. And passes through um, little some imagery there at the end of 17. And that brings us to 18. Chapter 18. Does that kind of sum it up? You got it. <laughs> what, I, what I love about Genesis is, again, you look at these guys and gals and you go, how could you make the same mistakes over and over again? Right. And then when I look in the mirror, I remember that their story is our story. It's my story. Yeah. You know, like, God, you're so stinking kind and gracious to us because we we mess up often. Amen. Um, Amen. So we're looking at Genesis 18 today. And I guess I'll just pass it off to you. Is there anything maybe in just the first half of the chapter that stood out to you? We'll try to go through it. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's kind of split into two. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, just some fun things kind of noticing as Abraham entertains these strangers. Yeah. And um, just sitting with that and looking at some different notes and things like that, just noticing that he probably noticed there was something significant about these strangers. Um, And so that's kind of fun to take note of in the way that he approached them. Mm -hmm. A couple other just kind of noticings in there is um, it says that the the bread he had Sarah prepare was like 36 pounds Pounds. of bread, right? Yes. And so you just think this, talk about overdoing it. So clearly at this point, he knew that these were some important people. You just wonder if this is Abraham flexing right now. Oh, right. You guys want to eat? Well, let me show you how much bread I can make. Right. (laughs) And it's like way over the top. Yeah. So real quick, before we dive into it further, who are these three strangers? Yeah. And you can't say for sure, but we do think we might know who they are. Right. So two angels. Two angels. And possibly God himself. The Lord. So actually wanted to process this with you a little yeah. bit. Um, some of the commentaries I read said that they, it's believed that that's Jesus Christ, Old Testament, yeah. showing up. So that's, I mean, that's pretty legit, right? Yeah, that that's where I fall. Okay. That's where I think. And the reason why is when any time in this passage, you read how he interacts with Abraham, and then any other time it says the angel of the Lord. Right. The people give worship to this, the angel of the Lord or this visitor, and this person receives it. 
And right. they, they talk to him as if he is a deity. He's God, and he receives it. So I figured if it wasn't God, he would tell them, don't do that because I'm not God. But when right, they for sure. referred to him as God and worship him, and this visitor just goes with it. So I'm kind of following the camp. I think it's Old Testament Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Which is I love cool. that, right? Which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. And then, it, and then honestly, just as it goes into kind of that next section, I mean, first of all, my thoughts go to, my goodness, how long did it take to prepare this meal? Like, yeah, 36 just pounds logistics. of bread. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Um, but also... You know, then we get to the part where they're sitting and they're eating and they're talking with Abraham and they yeah. they call out Sarah by name, mm-hmm. um, really signifying again yeah. they're not just some strangers passing through. Totally. Um, yeah, and then if I'm jumping too far ahead, but then Sarah, it says that I guess I've always visualized that Sarah laughs out loud, but when she overhears that she's going to have a child at and now she's 89 years old, mm-hmm. Abraham's 99 years old. Um, she it says she laughs to herself is what my um the NIV says. Yeah. And um and so there's just this really this paying attention when they call her out on it and say why did you laugh? It also shows us this is God because he, knows, he actually he knows, knows her. her heart. Right. Yeah, I just grabbed the Bible off the shelf here. Mine's mm-hmm. the NLT and in verse 12 it says so she laughed silently to herself and right. said how could such a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master husband is also so old? So, yeah, God knew her heart. Right. What's interesting to me, just studying, like, the Old Testament times, when any time a covenant or a treaty was made, after the business deal was essentially done, they would have a meal afterwards. Okay. So when you look at Genesis 17, Genesis 17 is when God gives him the covenant of circumcision and the covenant's confirmed. Then you go to Genesis 18 and they have a meal. Right. So that's another reason why I think it's God. And again, like you mentioned in the recap, God made that covenant with himself because he knew we would fail. And here again, God shows up and is still like meeting people at this time and relating that to them in a way that's understandable for them. Right. And you know what's actually interesting about that point too then is if, if we do actually go back to 17, it's when God reminds him, in a year you will have, within a year, yeah. I will return you have. And so this is actually right after that mm-hmm. time-wise. Some of the chapters, there's a you know 10-year gap, yeah. but this one there, it is right it's after. It's pretty close. Mm-hmm. What I like, what I like about this too, and this is just coming from a married man, is I appreciate that God came and spoke to Abraham and Sarah together. Right. Because while Abraham is the patriarch, it's their calling still together. Right. Like Sarah, Sarah is going to be the one who gives birth to Isaac, and it, it's pretty cool that God includes Sarah in this, and then He calls her out in the process. But yeah. it's it's neat that they're doing that as a family. Right. And they're doing that together. Right. That is that is great. The other thing, just noticing, like, even, you know, when Sarah does laugh to herself, he calls her out on it, and she says um, that she didn't laugh. It says in, in verse 15, it says, Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. You you just notice, like, even even as we see in the past, and we're going to see in the, in the next, next couple of chapters, when Abraham and Sarah lie when they're in Egypt and when they lie in Gerar, it, it's always from fear, yeah. right? And so, so much of our sin comes out of hmm. fear or, you know, the unknown, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it's just this repetitive sin. We see it over and over again. For sure. 
that that's a good helpful handle for us to walk away with there. Yeah. I, I appreciate reading verses 13 through 15 and how this really causes some soul searching within Abraham and Sarah. Right. Where they're going back to who God is and what God's called them to do. And the timeline of God has not lined up with their timeline. So naturally, you have fear, you probably have anger, frustration, confusion, uncertainty, and then that's when we're tempted to take matters into our own hands, enter Hagar right. and Ishmael. And it humanizes these kind of quote-unquote heroes of the faith. And so I think about my own patience, I think about my own soul stirring, and th- sitting with the Lord, and I mean, when you spend enough time with the Lord, you are able to feel His promptings and nudgings and what He's inviting you to step into. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't happen on our timeline. Frustration, God, where are you? Did I hear incorrectly? And the only way to like really resolve that is just to continue to seek the Lord himself. Yeah. And so yeah. that's a good word. Well, and so on that note, um, I always say I, I don't like waiting. No. I'm, I'm not good at waiting. I don't <laughs> like it. You're in good I company just, here. I'm yeah, very impatient. Right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean... 25 years from the time they left and were told that they were going to have a great nation. Like this is, this is legit waiting. Yeah. This is not, and, and they are beyond childbearing years. And then that's where you see in, um, verse 14 is anything too hard for the Lord. I think we, wow. Does that not speak to us? We limit God based Mm -hmm. on what we think is possible in our minds, in our humanity. Yeah. Um, but nothing's impossible for God. And he shows them. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think sometimes people might say, well, I'm not Abraham and God hasn't spoken to me like he spoke to Abraham. But right. I would say we have it better. We have it the Bible and we have Jesus in the, in the clear. Like right. we know who he is and what he likes and what he doesn't like and what he calls us to. And there are some things he calls us to that are just really plain as day, like repent or forgive or be generous. And then we're sitting in that spot going, I don't know what God's will is for me. Like, no, we actually do. It's just, are we willing to do it and step in? Right. Um, and then there are other more like rhema words that are for us in our own person, our own family, our own, you know, context that aren't applied to everybody. But yeah, a lot, lot of good lessons to learn from Abraham and Sarah here. There are. There um, are. So transition to the second half of this and chapter. then we go. <laughs> to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yikes. Boy, oh boy. Right? Yeah. So... If you listen to the sermon on Sunday, I preached about Abraham. And one of the stories that kind of comes to mind reading this passage now is back in chapter 14 when Lot gets captured. And Abraham leads a raiding party and they get Lot back and everybody. And the king of Sodom, who teamed up with Abraham, offers him all these worldly things. He's like, it's all yours. Mm -hmm. And Abram knew in that moment, I can't do this because I don't want to look blessed because of what some wicked king gave me, I want to be blessed and set apart for God. And so now we're jumping into Genesis 18, and you have more of the details about what Sodom and Gomorrah is all about. And really, it's a very wicked place. Um, the, the sins, as you read throughout this scripture and the next, are talking about um, like homosexuality often and just sexual brokenness. That's where we get the word sodomite and sodomy from. Right. It comes from Sodom. And... It's it's just a it's a sad situation, and here you have Abraham interceding for the city. You're like, wow, right? And he knows that Lot 
his nephew mm-hmm. is in this city, settled there. Yep. But um, I just think even the way that he intercedes for for Sodom, um, you know, if there's fifty, if there's forty-five, yeah. if there's forty, yeah. if there's thirty, if there's twenty, if there's ten, um, he. I mean, he definitely is willing to go to bat for the whole city to be saved, not to save the ten, but for the yeah. whole city to be saved. Um, and I love that because that process can be frustrating for me. Like, is is he try, really changing God's is mind? He playing a game? Is he, right? Yeah. And yet, um, just as we sit with that and really look at what it is, it's God's God's judgment is coming. Um, but we also get to see God's mercy as Abraham goes before him and says, "For ten, and God's like, "Yeah, but there's not but, ten. Yeah. Yes. Oh. What, what, I guess the, my final word here for me is just when you look and compare and contrast who Abraham has been and then who Lot has been, as Lot has placed himself by this group of people, is I have to continue to put myself in the way of God and the way of his blessing as we keep talking about blessing this year. Like where we position ourselves in terms of our work, in terms of our family, in terms of our friendships and community, we really do position ourselves like under God's umbrella of grace or outside of it. Right. Because he has clearly spoken to us. And I see Abraham, even when he gave Lot the first choice of the land, he went by Sodom and took what he thought was going to be better. It looked good. It looked good. Right. It ends up not being great. And so just thinking through my life, um, am I being patient on God's timing? And am I positioning myself in a place where I can join God in his work Mm -hmm. and give God the credit? You know, so that's, yeah. Genesis chapter 18. Any final thoughts on your end, Jody? Probably one final thought would be um, if we're listening, God is continually reminding us of his truth for us. And so even as in um, verse 18 it is, see if my eyes can actually see that, um, God's telling him, kind of explaining why he's going to explain to Abraham, but he reiterates the promise again. He says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, Mm -hmm. and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. If we're listening, God, through the Holy Spirit, through his word, will constantly remind us of of the truth of what he's calling us to, and I just think we need to to not miss it. Amen to that. So it's a great chapter. We're heading into a a heavy one tomorrow. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed. Buckle up. <laughs> yep. And then we will uh, join you, Jody and I, again on Friday to tackle Genesis 20. So thanks for listening today. God bless you. And uh, we will talk to you soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.